Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Thomas Chalmers was born in 1780 in the small fishing and trading village of Anstruther on the southeast coast of Fife in Scotland. Faithful and confessional Scots Presbyterians John and Elizabeth Chalmers lovingly raised Thomas and his eight brothers and five sisters in a home filled with good books, beautiful music, hard work, and practical faith. At an early age, it was evident that Chalmers was an exceedingly gifted child. At the age of three, he outstripped his parents' resources and was enrolled in the local school. Then, when he was just 12, he entered St. Andrew's University. Even there, he proved to be a precocious learner, showing particular aptitude at mathematics. Chalmers hoped to eventually become a professor at the university, and in 1795, he entered the Divinity School in order to prepare for a parallel career in the ministry. By 1799, he was ordained, but he continued to take courses at university, eventually becoming an assistant professor. In 1803, two opportunities simultaneously presented themselves. He was offered the pastorate of a rural parish at Kilmeny. He was also offered a permanent faculty post at the university teaching mathematics and science. Since Kilmeny was not far from St. Andrews, he accepted both offers. An energetic orator, he gained quick renown for his elegant sermons, and his mathematics courses were among the most popular offerings at the university. Thomas Chalmers was clearly a rising star, and his fame began to spread far and wide. There was just one problem. He was not yet converted. His was the cold and formal religion of the day, legalistic and moralistic, Despite his devout upbringing, his evident gifting, and his profound learning, he was unacquainted with the gospel of grace. As he would later testify, his was the religion of do this and live, and not of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. But in 1809, he was struck by a series of unsettling bereavements. An older brother and sister were both stricken with tuberculosis. During the long period of suffering prior to their deaths, Chalmers nursed them at their bedside. The strength of their faith and their love for God utterly undid him. He was amazed by his dying brother's understanding of God's grace and by the peace in his eyes as he was ushered into the arms of Jesus. Shortly after their deaths, Chalmers was himself stricken by illness, keeping him bedridden for several months. 
he became convinced that he too would die, and in the depths of despair he cried out to God in a manner that he had never experienced before. Chalmers eventually recovered his health, but he would never again be the same. When he returned to the little parish at Kilmeny, he was a completely changed man. He had been profoundly humbled by the incongruity of his former life. He declared, What are the objects of mathematical science? Magnitude and the proportions of magnitude, but in the foolishness of my youth, I had forgotten the two chief magnitudes. I thought not of the littleness of time, and I recklessly thought not of the greatness of eternity. Again, he said, on the system of do this and live, no peace and even no true obedience can ever be obtained. It is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. When this belief enters into the heart, joy and confidence enter along with it. The righteousness we try to work out for ourselves eludes our impotent grasp and never can a soul arrive at a true and permanent rest in the pursuit of this object. Prior to his transformation, Chalmers had been in the habit of deserting his parish during the week to teach at the university, but now he devoted himself full-time to the people of his church. He had a new appetite for the scriptures, and as a result, his preaching came alive with remarkable passion and vibrancy. He took seriously the pastoral tasks of discipling and catechizing the flock entrusted to his care. Many years later, his biographer and son-in-law would note, It was at this time that Thomas Chalmers first came to know the power and preciousness of the sacred volume. He realized he needed to study the Bible as he never had before, and he resolved in his journal, I would learn of thy holy oracles. I would take the sayings of the Bible simply and purely as they are and exercise myself on the trueness of these sayings. It was at that time he began to devise his Keystones plan. On September the 29th, 1812, he wrote in his journal, I finished this day my perusal of the New Testament by daily chapters in which my object was to commit striking passages to memory. I meant to begin its perusal anew in this object which shall be revised and the object of fixing upon one sentiment of the chapter for habitual and recurring contemplation through the day shall be added to the former. Essentially, after carefully studying a chapter of the Bible, he attempted to identify one verse from that chapter, a verse that summarized the argument of that particular portion of Scripture. These key verses he would then commit to memory, hiding God's word in his heart. His assumption was that if he could master just six verses, he would have internalized the flow of the whole argument of Ephesians, the whole arc of its theology. 
Likewise, in just six verses, he would have the whole outline of Galatians. In just 16 verses, he would have a grasp of the theological structure of Romans. He was simply adapting the old Scottish Reformed devotional practice of Lexio Divina. Over the course of the next 35 years, Chalmers would refine and revise the method, as well as the list of these keystone verses. The promises of God, the richness of the scriptures, and the wonder of theology all came alive to him. He was transformed. And in short order, so was his little congregation as he discipled men, women, and children in Kilmeny using the same method. Word spread. Crowds began to flock to the little Fifeshire countryside to hear Chalmers preach and to witness the evangelistic and missional wonder of the revived parish. An age-old approach to Bible study, scripture memory, and reformational discipleship was bearing extraordinary fruit. His fame spread throughout all of Scotland and soon to the entire English-speaking world. It was a perfect picture of how to undertake both resistance and reformation in the midst of this poor fallen world. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.